1: Brothers, tonight maybe you've never really put your trust in Jesus Christ. You've been relying on yourself. And tonight God made it clear to you that without him, you're not going to make heaven. Romans 10:17 says this, so then faith, what do we call faith tonight? A Holy Spirit-induced trusting response to the good news of what Jesus has done for you. It's the offer of forgiveness of sins and eternal
0: life. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Do you know why you were created? Do you really believe, no matter what stage of life you're in, that God has a purpose and plan for your life? It's true, and it's never too late. Today, the Lord is going to reveal the glorious truth of his plan for you. The plan is simply this. The Lord brings people who trust in Jesus Christ to spiritual life and then sets us on a mission to do great things for his kingdom. While those things may seem small in the eyes of our world, they are seen as very important in the eyes of God. To hear and learn more about this great opportunity, here's Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 2. This is not about
1: becoming better. This is not God's self-improvement program, and there's nothing wrong with self-improvement unless that becomes your God. This is not about becoming better. This is about becoming better new It's about becoming alive. Verse we cite all the time, 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away; behold, all things have become new. So, you sit here tonight and you go, I can't forgive myself for what I used to do. Stop with the standards that are higher than God's. Stop with that, and those things are old. Now you're new. You say, well, oh, I've been a Christian a long time, but I just can't, God's mercies are new every morning. Confess it, believe God says that you are washed clean, believe that you are forgiven, and, and, and get on with it. See, this is why an identity in Christ is so important and not an identity in anything else. And so it's a fact. All things, all things have become new. Remind yourself of that. Preach that message to yourself. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to I get in your face and ask you this question Doesn't that sound great? Don't you want to be made new? Don't you want to know that you can meet God with all of your sins washed away? And Colossians 3.1 tells us how being made alive changes us. He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So what does it mean to seek those things above? In other words, live in practicality what you already are in God's position. You are new, so start living new. Start living new. Forget about the old guy. He's dead. Every once in a while, uh, when Pam and I first got married, we, some name would come up and she would say, you know, who's that guy? And I would say, oh, he's the old friend of the dead man. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about who I used to be before I was a Christian. Now, you say, how is this possible? The answer, I think, is tucked away in verse six, where he says that, that followers of Jesus sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, this does not mean we are divine. That's what cults teach you. That does not mean we are divine, but it does mean that we have God's divine power already inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit, but you need to practice the spiritual disciplines because a lot of times, God delivered the grace delivery system comes through the Word of God and, and prayer and, and fellowship and serving and generosity, the, the, all the things that Jesus is and did when He was here on earth. So we have the divine power within us to overcome what? The world, the devil, and the flesh. It's already in us, so this again is the already, not yet. We already have these things, but the actual fulfillment of the or the completion of it will not be until, as he says here, the ages to come. This is a great truth of the Christian life, of being in Christ. There's an old expression the old-time preachers used to use, what is true of our King Jesus is true of us why because we are in christ we say that jesus christ died on the cross in your place for your sins for those who have put their trust in him but the same is also true of resurrection the same is true also of ascending into heaven remember christian you have reserved seating it's not like they're not going to oversell heaven (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? And you're like, but I have a ticket. <laughs> my, my son, uh, a couple of years ago when Trump was running for president, excuse me, President Trump was running for president, he came to his college and he goes, I got a ticket to get in to see Donald Trump. I got a, I said, listen, whether he wins or loses, you got to go because you will never ever forget, right? The opportunity to see it. So they get there and there's more people outside than there is inside, <laughs> So it happens when you give away free tickets and nobody counts, right? They, they just gave it. That's not the way it is. You have reserved seating. And, and the exceeding riches of his grace, he says, is that's ours every day. So every day we are promised new and fresh grace. Here's the problem. Do you believe it? Don't yes me. Do you really believe it? Do you really believe it? In, in verse 8, The apostle repeats what he said in verse five. Just a quick, here's a quick quiz. This is an easy one. I've given you a few doctrines tonight. Some of you know these, some of you don't. Here's an easy one. Um, When the Bible writers repeat themselves, what do we do? We pay double attention, yes. For grace you have been saved. Didn't he say that already? Yeah, he already said that. He said in verse five. So now he's saying it again in verse eight. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's a gift. You're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, Pastor Jim. Heaven is for good people. No, no, no. It's for gifted people. (laughs) People who've been given the gift from God. And if you don't believe me, look at verse 9. Not of works. Works is what we do lest anyone should boast. So if you say you're going to heaven because you're a good person, what are you doing? You're boasting. You're boasting. There are a few things more important to understand than this. This is the key to getting to heaven or to missing it. And I think we all know a lot of us sat in church for a lot of years and we were missing it. So you can miss it sitting in church. So make sure we pay attention. Grace. What is grace? The undeserved favor of God is the only reason, the only reason someone will be able to stand before God in heaven. It is a gift. What do you do to get a gift from someone? You simply receive it. You don't do anything for it. You know, remember Christmas, you're opening up presents and you don't open up a present and you're like, you know, oh, what do I owe you for this one? Thanks. Merry Christmas. What do I owe you? You might have paid for it, it, but it's a gift. It's a generous gift made possible only by the costly death on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we personally receive this gift? How do we take possession of this gift? Faith. Faith, that's how we receive it. So what, what is faith? Oh, that's a whole nother sermon. You want a whole nother sermon? Let's just call it tonight because we know that we need the Holy Spirit to help us believe or to take us all the way because we're dead. Let's call faith a Holy Spirit-induced trusting response to the good news. So let, let, let's call faith that. A, a Holy Spirit-induced Trusting response to the good news. Now, I'm going to give you my opinion on something. It doesn't matter. The mission doesn't change. I am of the opinion, and I don't think that I always was, but I am of the opinion that everything in verse 8, including our faith itself, is part of the gift. Without a doubt, the grace of God gets the ball rolling. Everybody agrees with that. Without a doubt, the grace of God is the origin of our salvation, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. There's not a, a, a reasonable theologian alive that would not say that's true. But, but, but the Holy Spirit, I believe, even creates the faith that is needed to receive this great gift In other words, all three things listed in verse 8 appear to be part of the gift: grace, salvation, and faith, faith being trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just give you one verse. There's a couple others, and I do reserve the right to come back to these last three on a Sunday morning. Is that okay? Somebody like, "Let me know I'm not coming." Acts 14.27, you have to, you're serving that morning. Um, Acts 14.27, now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he, God, had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So it appears that God opened their hearts to the things that they were saying, gave them the gift of faith, yet... We, we know within the human heart, with our prideful thinking, we like to think that we contributed something to our salvation. And, and, and verse 9 nails that shut. Not of works. What does that mean? That God wants us to know that rules out any effort, any human contribution. We were dead in trespasses and sins, and we were awakened by God. So again, because salvation is a gift, it cannot be earned. So no moral efforts, no religious activity can earn it. So let's look quickly at verse 8 and 9 again. He says in verse 8, not of yourselves. What does that mean? I think that means not of yourselves. I think that means you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Verse 9, he says, not of works. Another version says, not of the result of your works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 9, some versions say not by any human effort. Some versions say that. We know it's no human effort. We know it's no ritual. We know it's not being a good person. So no one can boast. No one can say they did it. We're not, no, None of us are going to be walking around going "Having <laughs> I did it. I did it. This is hell. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in heaven. <laughs> We're the people who think we did it. Now, are good works important? Yes. The Bible's full of telling us that good works are important but they do not contribute to anyone's salvation. Now, the whole idea of rewards is a whole nother discussion, a whole nother sermon. We can't talk about that. Let's read verse 10 two times. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, for we are his workmanship. Literally, it means that we are, it's the Greek word poema, really means poem. So what is a poem? Some of you students are like, oh, it's these boring things they made us read in school, man. Gosh, it's awful. But if you're a poet, what, what, what is a poem? It is an expression of the writer's heart. So God says that his saved people that he has graced are his workmanship, are his poem, are an expression of his writer's of the writer's heart. Another version says that uh, we are his handiwork. Some people refer to it as we are God's masterpiece. Another version says we are God's work of ha- work of art, which is why, again, identity in Christ is important. Because although you are a work of art, do you ever feel like a piece of work? <laughs> So that's very important. Created by God in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He's prepared them in advance for us to do. So this is the practical day-to-day outcome and outworking for those who have received the gift of salvation From God, for those who have been saved by grace. It is intended to be joyful, willing, sacrificial, good works done for God in gratitude and obedience to God, which give proof that our salvation is real. So, God has done what? He has created His new people. And if you will, he has cut and and paved and prepared the road for his children to walk in service to him. To walk in generous, sacrificial service to him. Now, the Apostle Paul agrees with James. A lot of people say they're at odds, but they're not at all. Both agree we are not saved by works, But as James would tell us, and Paul tells us here, a saved person has a living and working faith. Jesus said this, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Where does that happen? Well, that happens at home. That happens at work. That happens at school, that happens in church, that happens in a restaurant, that happens in a par- at a party, that happens anywhere and everywhere those who belong to Jesus Christ go. Remember in verse 2, he talked about the way we used to walk. He said, you used to walk this way, but now... We walk a different way. He's prepared all those things for us. Remember, he said he gave us all those things past tense. We're not trying to prove ourselves. You are not trying to prove yourself. Stop, stop, stop trying to make yourself more acceptable to God. Stop it. It's wrong. It's sinful. Christ has made you 100% acceptable to God. And so we, now we used to walk in the ways of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now we walk in God's ways. Now we walk in a way that people will see the work of God in us, whether they walk up, people are probably not going to walk up to you and go, boy, I really see the work of God in you. But we should encourage one another when we see it in one another, And so that's the way we used to walk, but now we walk in good works prepared by God for each of us. Major important point, important. When we talk about walking in good works, stop thinking big. Think faithful. Stop being so Americanized and thinking that it has to be big and that it has to be better. It has to be faithful. This is why I find so much, and I know a lot of you do too, and I hope everybody does find such tremendous freedom in the gospel. No longer do I have to try and convince myself that I'm good enough. When people say, Well, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, I always go, How do you know you're good enough? And then I watch the squirm. You, they say, you're judging me. I said, no, I asked you, how do you know you're good enough? I'm asking you to judge yourself. I, I, don't, I don't have to hope anymore that God thinks I'm good enough. Because I am in Christ. And to know that is to know that God created you for a purpose. To be motivated by grace. To bring the light of Christ to the world to wherever he places you, even if you only know one person, to bring that light, to use your your gifts and your talents that God has given you in, in all the spheres of life, wherever you go. It's not just a church thing. It's no matter where you go to use those gifts that God has given you Tonight, some of us need to drop our excuses and start walking in the newness of life. The life that God has given you and and the life that God has planned for you. Now, some of you say, I'm too old. That's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of baloney. God knew you would be here tonight to hear that challenge. God knew you would be here tonight, that I would be here tonight to hear his challenge. <laughs> we want to walk in the ways of Christ because of what Christ has done for us, not because of some silly self-centered guilt thing. That's why I love when he talks about all the benefits that are in the past tense. It's not like, well, if you if you toe the line, then maybe I'll give this to you. That's why I always say guilt-based preaching, not conviction of sin. Guilt based preaching, Maple, making people feel guilty for what they're not doing is cheap preaching. It's cheap preaching. Because the sinful heart always looks for, well, how can I set those people straight? You know, how can I really tell them the way it's going to be? I told them this. When I hear pastors like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never go to your church. <laughs> really? Really? Come on. No, no, we're not motivated by silly self-centered guilt. We seek to live lives that are empowered by grace and lives that, that bring glory to God. And in the process, we might just make our little corner of the world a little better place for everybody else that's around us. For others, tonight, maybe you've never really put your trust in Jesus Christ. You've been relying on yourself. And tonight, God made it clear to you that without him, you're not going to make heaven. Romans 10, 17 says this, So then faith, what do we call faith tonight? A Holy Spirit-induced trusting response to the good news of what Jesus has done for you. It's the offer of forgiveness of sins and eternal life. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. To any of you here tonight that are not yet followers of Jesus, could it be that right now, in this moment, this is your moment, this is your time, when you are going to pass from death to life because you're going to put your trust in Jesus Christ because God has been speaking, and you know it. And you know now, put the excuses aside. Stop all the silliness. This is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. You can always say, I was going that way, but
0: God, and He intervened that night in my life. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ, and we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com, and our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love Radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the word of the Lord. We here at changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time.